Welcome back to In My Opinionation, your weekly Blossom Watch Through podcast. I am your host this week, Jen, and I am here with my lovely co-hosts, Eric and Mallory. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. Oh, wow. That was energetic. Energy. <laughs> I had to pop it up because I was gone the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you have two <laughs> weeks of energy to make up for. Ah, <laughs> oh, the gang's back together. I love it. Today, we are talking about season two, episode four, I'm with the band. So this one was aired on October 7th, 1991. It was written by Josh Goldstein and Jonathan Price, and it was directed by Zane Busby. Zane Busby. Woo! (laughs) So the summary for this one, short and sweet, Blossom and Six go on a school band trip while Nick and Buzz deal with the boys back home. This was from IMDb. I would like to amend this to everyone else has to fucking deal with Buzz. Let's move on. I remember liking Buzz as a kid. Ew! Why? Because he was an adorable, like, old man who was causing shit. Adorable? I was like 10. I didn't know. Adorable (laughs) racism. Yes. Yes, it got bad. How do you feel about Buzz now? I don't like him. Okay, good. He's terrible. Correct answer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, He is the worst influence (laughs) on these kids. Oh, my God. Oh, this... This, this episode, especially with him. Yep. Right. Oh, oh, my friend, we're going to talk about it. Uh. Yeah. So I don't have any particular trivia. My only note for this one is, you know, season one, we saw a lot of really prolific guest stars. I think they were really trying to get people to watch the show. So we do have, I think, only our second guest star in this particular show. And it's a big in and it's super fun. Yeah. All right, guys, let's do it. Let's get into a ba-ba-ba breakdown. Ba-ba-ba breakdown. <laughs> Sounds like you were going to start saying breakdown and then thought better of it. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. Okay. I like it. So we open on the living room of the Russo house. We see Joey, Buzz, and Nick are sitting on the couch while Blossom and Six are running up and down the stairs, packing their overnight bags, making sure they have everything on their lists. You know, the important things like shoes, which include flat sneakers, high heels, and hiking shoes, and shorts, which include walking, Bermuda, running, hammer pants, formal wear, oh, and their marching uniforms. And then Nick reminds Blossom, you might also need your trumpet for your band trip. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you guys. I definitely pack like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to be ready for anything. Yes. Yeah. I I have a trip coming up and I it's it's going to be packing everything. Mm -hmm. My lists are impressive when it comes to packing. I get it down to like I need bobby pins. Bobby pins get a line. Yep. Just case yep (laughs) so i absolutely understand this this is why i have my wife is she like that too does she do the overpacking or no list everywhere all the time oh yeah you have to yeah if you don't have a list you're gonna forget something right Mm -hmm. my brain is slowly deteriorating i need to protect it at all costs So Blossom runs upstairs to go get her trumpet. And during this time, when she runs back downstairs, she goes, here's my permission slip. Nick starts interrogating the phrase on there that says round the clock supervision. And they tell him, don't worry about it. There's a teacher assigned to every single floor and each room gets their own senior chaperone. Now, their senior chaperone is called Melissa Alter, who is extremely responsible. She's an honor student. She's practically a nun. Mm -hmm. I bet that's all completely true. So true. Now, I wanted to ask you guys, I remember having to have permission slips in like a week before the trip. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Did this seem weird that she has to get it signed literally as she's about to go out the door for the trip? Uh, Yeah, super weird. Also, wouldn't they have had to submit some sort of money? Yes, Mm -hmm. to pay for the hotel. (laughs) Right? I know. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me, too, but I guess it this was just TV logic. Yeah, it looks like they're billing the families afterwards. Uh, yeah, they must be. Well, well, yeah, we'll get there. I was also wondering, we've never heard about Six being in the band before. No. We hear all about Blossom being in the band. I, I No, I think it was a, a, they wanted to have them go to a hotel. Mm-hmm. They wanted to have them do this like overnight trip. And so Six is all of a sudden in the band. Yeah, just to make it easier, right? Yeah. She could have been a baton twirler. That would have been more on brand for Six. Yeah. Like with the marching band, they have like the guy with the big stick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You mean the baton? Well, there's sometimes like baton twirlers like throwing and then there's also the guy who just has a big stick and marches. Yeah. I don't know the the actual there's a word for that. Yeah. No, that's true. They could have done that. We'll find out that's not it, but that would have made more sense. Right. Yeah. 
so they're talking up this Melissa chick. Buzz talks because they let him do that sometimes <laughs> and goes, oh, bus rides. Back in my day when I was a musician, blah, 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 bus rides are the devil and all, all sorts of shenanigans and whatever. I don't think he says the devil. I think it was more of the, <sighs> it's the sexy time bus. Guys, I'm not going to lie. Every time Buzz talks, my notes get a little worse because I just stop listening to what he has to say. And I'm going to yeah. be super upfront about that. <laughs> That's fair. It doesn't see like he doesn't add any we've talked about this he doesn't add anything no so i kind of just stop listening he's just a dirty old man i think yeah. it's just his role right yeah so he he basically says yeah ooh, sex bus which, to which joey <laughs> to which joey responds well band kids are all losers so they have nothing to be worried about i would like to contest that point for a hot second i don't know what the arts kids were like when you guys went to school, they're the same as every arts kid. They all got hormones, too. And you know what? They have a group of friends that they're going on a vacation with. <laughs> so so this one time at band camp. Yeah. Just because they're not trying to get with the sports kids. Joey doesn't mean they're not getting it. <laughs> they're just getting it with tuba players. <laughs> right. Because they're arts kids. They like trying different things. We and feel all of our emotions, everything. And sometimes you, you have to go through those emotions to get to the other side as an artist or an actor, man. <laughs> <laughs> How would you know what this feeling is like on stage if you haven't experienced it? Right? Gotta practice that stage kissing, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, Nick asks Joey to help the girls with the luggage, but Joey says, oh, he can't because he, he got this baseball injury and he can't lift anything. Oh, muffin. It's so hard for you to be a sports boy. An athlete. An athlete. (laughs) Of course, as soon as there's a knock at the door and Melissa arrives and Joey sees that she's extremely hot, he's all about helping with the luggage. So I did look up the actress who played Melissa. Oh, yes. Her name is Stephanie Riddell. So from what I could see, she did stop acting in 2003. She was in the film Burlesque. I'm assuming she was one of the girls. She she's wrote music for Burlesque. Oh, okay. Um, so my biggest thing was that she was part of the pop trio Wild Orchid <laughs> from roughly the year 1990 to 2005, and it was a trio with Renee Sandstrom and Stacy Ferguson, who you might know as Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. Mm-hmm. I looked up all of their YouTube videos. I know none of their music. Oh, I didn't go that far. I so yeah, I found that you know she had done a few guest spots here and there, the the girl group thing. Um, and then she appears to have moved on to songwriting. So she has credits on IMDb for writing a song for the Hannah Montana movie burlesque and then producing all the music for the Bratz movie. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. But her credits do end like mid 2010s. Yeah. She hasn't done anything recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting. I was yeah. like, Ooh, because I know the name wild orchid. Like it was yeah. in the, the ether when I was growing mm-hmm. up and I was like, I must know their music. No, no. not at all. I recognize <laughs> nothing. Um, yeah. So Melissa comes to the door and she is just like the vision of perfect student. She shakes Nick's hand, says, oh, I'm so excited to be looking after your girls. This is going to be a great time. You have nothing to worry about. So the girls leave with Melissa. They all get on the bus. We have a little moment where Nick and Buzz are watching the bus drive away. Nick's a little bit worried that they're going to be on their own. But Buzz and Joey convince him that don't worry, geeks don't get into trouble. Did you notice the super awkward pause between Nick's line at the door and Buzz's line at the door? Yes. There is a full six seconds of nothing. I did notice that. I think he forgot his line. I had to go back and watch it because I'm like, this this seems too long. So I literally went back and watched the like time click. It's six seconds of them just standing there. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe they're just acting. No, no, it, it doesn't look like acting. <laughs> they needed that awkwardness so that the awkwardness can continue. Well, I don't know. I was wondering if it was a pause because Nick says he's worried about something and the kids you can hear in the background are singing 99 bottles of beer on the wall. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to figure out, I'm like, oh, is this a pause so that we can hear the song they're singing? And then Buzz's line about that being the like geek national anthem. Ha ha. I'm an old man calling kids geeks. Um, We could hear what he was talking about, but I think he just forgot he was supposed to say lines. (laughs) Yeah. Even if he hit his line perfectly, then it wasn't played well. It just it didn't work. I I didn't notice it at all. (laughs) 
it's it's a weirdly long pause. I don't know how you didn't notice it. I'm gonna have to watch it again. <laughs> so these the kids are off on their bus. Everything seems to be going well. We jump to the kitchen the same day. Buzz and Nick are pouring themselves coffee in the kitchen. So this is um, week five of Counter Watch. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, has it stayed consistent this season at least? Not even a fucking little bit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so week five of Counter Watch. The counter is now double the size it normally was. <laughs> we have half of it as counter, half of it as a stove. This has been your week five counter watch. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> so they're there with their coffees. Uh, Tony walks through pretty quickly through the kitchen. Like he's trying to get past them. He's using mouth spray as he does it. Buzz goes, hey, what's wrong with you? Do you have a case of the Zaxley's? Like very vaudevillian, whatever. Tony asks what that is. Buzz says, oh, you know, when your mouth tastes exactly like a pig thumb after a night of a drinking. whack a dish mack a I was going to say, then, then he took a cane and like tap dance on the stage. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ha <laughs> So Tony says, no, of course he hasn't been drinking. And then Buzz tries to do like this weird psychology thing on him by saying, well, nobody was accusing you of saying that you've been drinking. So what are you talking about? Whatever, Buzz. So Tony quickly beats it out of there. Yeah. Buzz is convinced that Tony's been drinking again. He starts getting in an argument with Nick about it. Nick keeps insisting that Tony is clean. He's been clean for over a year at this point. He's not going to ruin it. So it's a very short scene, but it's a it's a setup scene. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that. It's Buzz is unnecessary. Yeah. Joey could have had that same conversation with Nick. Dad, Tony's acting weird. Do you think he's drinking again? Like, what's the point of Buzz? (laughs) What's the point? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Buzz is there to be like, I know what it's like to be an awful human. So I'm going to see everyone else's awful humans, too, and start conflict. While I'm thinking of it, why did we need to have another male character? Thank you. You know what would have been better? That old lady from the first season. Agnes. Yes. Agnes was perfect. (sighs) R.I.P. Agnes. I love you. So we jump scenes and we see the girls are excitedly checking out their hotel room. They're unpacking. Blossom is looking at the little brochure and this hotel has a gym, a masseuse, an indoor pool. Six walks out of the bathroom with the little basket of the complimentary toiletries and they start divvying up all the goods. Like she walks out wearing the shower cap and they start fighting over who gets the shower cap. Well, that's clearly the best thing. This is real, right? Yeah. Especially when you're not used to hotels. Like I can go in a hotel now and not care. But like, especially when you're a kid and you're like, Free stuff. It's like that scene in The Simpsons when they're like, free shower curtains. Like, you just want to take everything. (laughs) I don't, I don't like, when I go into a hotel, I don't look to see what I can take, but I do look to see like what the amenities are. Like, I want to know what what shampoo and stuff. I feel like Jen, uh, when we, we had our joint bachelorette party like the first thing i did when we got into the hotel room was like look at like is there a shower cap yeah (laughs) i'm surprised they didn't go straight for the toilet paper you got to find out if it's one ply two ply Mm -hmm. plus that tells you what the hotel really is like exactly yeah well this hotel room is massive yeah yeah it's huge yeah so they're divvying out all the all the goods blossom claims the stationery and then six tries to claim the bible Which Blossom is instantly like, really, you're going to steal the Bible? Six says, who's going to know? And they both look skyward. Yeah, I love that. I thought that was cute. (laughs) So because of this line, I actually looked into like why Bibles are in hotel rooms. Like, how did it start? Why do we keep doing it? Mm -hmm. So I guess it started. There was a company called Gideon International and they were Bible distributors. Mm -hmm. So they were formed in 1899 in Montana. And they were traveling businessmen. They happened to be in a hotel one night and they talked to the hotel manager and said, well, we can sell you a bunch of Bibles. You can have them in your rooms. And it took off. So they started going all around America. So by like the early 1900s, there were just dozens and dozens of hotel rooms with Bibles in them all of a sudden, just because these guys saw an opportunity and took it. So that's why you see that now. Now, of course, it's it started to drop off because, you know, religion is less popular now. And and not everyone is the same religion. Yeah, not everyone is the same religion. (laughs) Shocker. So I was thinking about that. And then I was like, like, totally random thought that song Rocky Raccoon makes a lot of sense now. 
And I didn't even think about the line before, but there's the line. It's like he went back to his room only to find Gideon's Bible. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> now, you know, I, know. <laughs> I will say once um, in my job, you know, in normal times, I do travel quite a bit to different sites for work. And I think it was in Sudbury, Ontario. And in my hotel room, they had a Book of Mormon. <gasps> Did you read it? Of course I did. Okay, good. (laughs) I was like, ooh, apparently there's a lot of Mormons in Sudbury. (laughs) I feel like that tracks. I I, I don't know enough about Sudbury, but I was like, factoid. It feels like it might be the Utah of Ontario. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone from Sudbury is listening, tell us if there are a lot of Mormons. So yeah, she decides to put the Bible back. She knows she's she's never going to use it. So she goes, okay, well, where's Melissa? She's supposed to be here. And Blossom reveals that Melissa dropped her luggage off and immediately left the room. She went to the bar to go try to pick up celebrities. She's a bad girl. Well, but also let's talk about the fact that they're coming from L.A. Like that's where the celebrities are. Like, why would you go to San Francisco to pick up celebrities? (laughs) I have celebrities parentheses in San Francisco. Yeah. So for a split second, they're like, ooh, let's go join her. They realize we're 15. We're never going to be let into a bar. However, there is a rumor that Will Smith, the Fresh Prince, which is all they called them, mm-hmm. call him in this episode is the Fresh Prince, is also staying in their hotel. So they immediately fangirl and they break into the most charming, whitest rendition of the Fresh Prince of <laughs> Bel-Air theme song. The whole the whole thing. Blossom's like beatboxing while Six is doing the rap and they end it with like the little Will Smith hop step. Yeah. All very cute Adorable. and very cringy. Yeah. So I I was curious, was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air a TV show at this time? Like, what was the deal with that? So, yes, it was. They were both NBC shows. And I I, I wonder when these shows aired. So I looked up the airing schedule from 1991 and it was Monday nights. Fresh Prince aired at eight o'clock and Blossom aired at 830. So they were back to back shows. That's adorable. That's awesome. I love that. And they were in their second season. So they were like stupid popular right then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both of them were both in their second season. Yeah, it was a good block. Yeah, it was a very cool like we've talked about um, cameos or like references that didn't seem to fit in. This one seemed a little more natural. And now knowing the airing order, mm-hmm. that's perfect. That's actually really smart on their part. Yeah. So after they're done their little performance, they start talking about how like the drama that happened on the bus. (laughs) So like kids were making out and six was looking at cute boys sleeping, which like, yeah, I remember this from my own (laughs) school trips. Would you like to hear a bus story with me? Oh, yes. Hell yeah. Okay. So this week we went to um, Bingham's to go mini putting Mm -hmm. with my kids. As we were pulling up to the parking lot, I was like, this building looks familiar. And then the like flashbacks from first year university where we went to Oktoberfest at Bingaman's. We were parked in a bus right up front leaving Bingaman's. We're all hammered because it's Oktoberfest, obviously. Yeah. And I'm sitting beside one of my best friends from that. And then he started making out with a girl in these seats. These seats are too, too wide, right? Because they're those school buses. Yeah. Okay. And then they started making out on top of me. And I was just sitting there I was like, I am not sober enough to deal with this right now. <laughs> and it just kept on happening. And it happened for what seemed like forever. I'm just happy hands weren't going everywhere on me at the time. I was just like against the window. (laughs) And all my friends around me were not helping me. They're all laughing at me, as one does in that situation. I would. But I was just like, guys, please stop. Oh, my God. The visual of that is amazing. Oh, my God. Oh, poor Eric. (laughs) That's amazing. I can laugh at it now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's the important thing. Do you remember going on these school trips? Did anything really happen on the school buses for you guys? Like, I, I remember the, at least at first, I remember the the teachers were very hands-on. I don't want to say hands-on, yeah. but they were very like eagles. Yeah. But as we got right. older, they just sort of stopped caring. I, my teachers weren't, like, they were watching for, or listening for shenanigans, but they weren't like walking the aisle or anything. Oh, no, no, yeah, not, none of that. No, I don't remember going on a lot of, like, so... We would go on a bus trip to like Toronto, which is like two hours. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. not that long. Like, I don't remember going on a lot of trips 
that had like extended bus trips. The only one that we did was when I was in grade eight and we went to Quebec and Ooh. then we were like grade eight. Like it, it wasn't, they don't care by then. <laughs> we weren't doing any, well, no, like the kids weren't doing anything. Right. Cause like, mm. it would be like, I like this boy. He, he, like it wasn't, yeah. nobody was fooling around. Yeah. We did a lot of ski trips. So we would yeah. go down to yeah. Buffalo. There were like other, there was a trip to New York when I was in high school that I didn't go on. There was the model UN kids who went to Amsterdam. So like there were other groups and, and there was a band. I wasn't in the band. So I guess the things that I was in weren't really doing big trips. We would go to Toronto sometimes to go see it like a theater thing. Mm-hmm. I will say, um, so in my grade 11 year, we went to Europe Ooh. and on the plane ride, it was kind of a free for all because you can't see everything on a plane. And there were like 30 kids there and whatever, like six teachers. I do remember a couple of the teachers got drunk. <gasps> nice. Cause like they were up in the front. They didn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had, I went to a music conservatory outside of school for, you know, singing and guitar and what, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And we used to take trips down to Michigan for a comp of like a big music competition. This yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember those trips are quite, uh, what's the right term? <laughs> They're quite promiscuous. But I remember that was like a time when we'd be like, are we drinking with our music teachers? Like, yeah, let's do it. And then yeah. we'd like have a beer or something with our, with them. And they'd be like, don't get drunk or too yeah. drunk. You got to perform tomorrow. <laughs> it, it depends on the group, right? I was, I was hanging out with the wrong people, apparently. <laughs> So they're talking about all of related things that are happening (laughs) on the bus. So there's a knock on the door and one of the bellhops enters. I guess the girls have ordered Cheerios for room service. I I need to talk about this bellhop. Oh, I wanted to look up who played this bellhop and his name is Jeff Kahn Mm -hmm. and Jen. I'm sure you will be pleased to know that he was on two episodes of Crazy (gasps) Ex-Girlfriend. Really? Yes. He was on two episodes in the first season. So the episode where Josh takes a job with his dad working in the radiology clinic. Mm, yeah. He's the patient that <laughs> that Josh talks to. And then he's also a guest at Home Run at the bar. Oh, interesting. He was also a producer on a few things, including the Ben Stiller show and a mm. writer on that as well. He was also in Tropic Thunder. and Yeah, oh, he's wow. had a lot of bit parts and things. He okay. was in the 40 year old virgin. The cable guy. Yeah, Ooh. a lot of these uh, these credits are like dad at health clinic, snooty yeah. waiter. Like he doesn't have a lot of like credits with names. Working actor. Yeah. So there's a knock at the door. The bell bot. The bell the, 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 <laughs> the bell boy comes in. Um, the girls have ordered Cheerios for the room service. Six starts to pull out some cash to pay him, and then the bellhop tells them about this magical thing. It's called charging it to the room. They can just charge anything they want to the room. Oh, also, if you haven't seen it, here's the mini bar. This guy, I want to know what his deal is. Is he just bored? I wanted to know, does he get a commission for this? Like, what what is in it for him? Because he's really insistent that they just spend as much money as possible. Yeah. I feel like it's a joy of having to deal with all these kids and then them getting in shit afterwards. Yeah, I feel like he just likes watching the chaos or something. I would guess also, like... If your tip is percentage, if you're ordering the Cheerios, you're getting like a 50 cent tip. Yeah. If you're ordering the Beluga. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So he's creepy as all hell. Um, I feel like by 15, you have a basic concept of what charging to the room means, but maybe not. But in this particular case, the girls rationing as to why they can do this. If they charge it to the room, I guess during this particular trip, the school is paying for the room. They haven't paid for the room. Yeah, I think that that was it. Like, I wonder if maybe I I do remember in high school, some clubs and stuff selling chocolate bars to pay for trips. So like parents Mm -hmm. weren't paying for it. So I wonder if that was a situation here where they like sold, you know, did whatever to fund the trip. So it wasn't directly the parents paying for it because yeah, they seem to be under the impression that like, this isn't going to come back to bite them that the school is paying for it. So who cares? And everybody else is doing it, right? The bellhop told them everybody else is doing it. Yeah. Which, why would you believe that guy? But that's, that's another thing. I do want to know. I, I have never gotten room service. It is on my bucket list. I really just want to get room service one time. Have you guys gotten room service before? Yes. Is it as exciting as I imagine it to be? No, it's not. (laughs) Not really. It depends where, like I've gotten room service in, in Vegas and that was actually quite good. The thing is like, it's always going to be expensive. 
if you're in the right hotel for the right occasion, it's like a nice little treat. Not worth it if you're traveling for work because the pain in the ass of trying to expense Uh your food that's on your hotel bill and trying to explain what... uh, don't do it. It's not worth it. I just, I like, I, I know that the food's not going to be great. I just like the idea of like, I don't know, fancy people get room service. And then you have to carry cash with you. Cause you're going to like, mm-hmm. I have to tip you. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do it, my favorite time to do it is, you know, sometimes you can fill out the, uh, the breakfast cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you do it like the day before or whatever you say what you want for breakfast and then you get out of bed and there's breakfast there. That's yeah. for me like the most satisfying way to get room service. Mm-hmm. I like that one. So yeah, creepy bellhop leaves having just sowed his seeds of insanity. Sowed them or soiled them? Soiled. He soiled his <laughs> oats of insanity. Also, he's telling underage kids to drink, which yeah. is, can't yes. be good, right? Like, Which they proceed to do. Was he explicitly telling them to drink or was he telling them to eat all the candy in the honor bar? Mm, that's fair. I, I think they're one in the same. If you're opening the mini bar, that's fair. That's an open season. So the girls get really excited as he's leaving. We see them immediately dive into the mini bar and then the scene ends there. So we jump back to the house. Nick's in the living room. Joey runs in. He's super excited. He has two pictures. He asks Nick which picture he likes better, the bulldog or the screaming eagle. Nick, not knowing what the hell is going on, he goes, oh, the bulldog. And Joey gets really excited. He goes, oh, awesome. That's the one Buzz has. And we realize Joey is talking about getting a tattoo. So, yeah, Buzz has totally decided that he should take his uh, 16-year-old grandson out to get a tattoo and not talk to his father first. Not only that, Joey's talking about getting the tattoo on his butt, which is another life choice. (laughs) Besides just getting a tattoo in general. Why? (laughs) Like, no one will ever... uh, I'm not going to say that just in case y'all have tattoos on your butts. I'm saying it's not a choice I would make. No. <laughs> Although Joey's idea for tattoos later is a much better idea. Well, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> so at this juncture, Nick rightly shuts down Joey getting a tattoo. And then Joey goes, oh, why not? You have an earring. And Nick's like, it's not the same thing, which it's not. Although I would argue because Nick says it's not the same thing because you can take an earring out. Now, as someone who had her lip pierced and has both of her ears pierced, I will tell you that you can take the ring out, but I will have a scar forever on my face. But it's not ink in your flesh. Like No, but it's it's an indelible mark like this. This scar, yeah. unless I get it surgically fixed, mm-hmm. I will all like it is something that permanently alters your body. That's true. I I think it's the argument of like a hole versus a picture. So Nick's earring comes up and we launch into this immensely predictable old man buzz joking about earrings being gay. So Nick is clearly gay. And does he also want his son to be gay? Guys, I I looked Uh... up um, the perception of earrings in 1991. I found archived articles. This was a big discussion amongst like my friends at this time. Like I remember. So I've heard it both ways. When I was growing up, we were always told, I don't know by who, but like the the perception was the left ear was like the quote unquote gay ear. But in reading these old articles, I'm seeing that the right ear. Yeah, the right ear. I I could never remember which was which because it didn't much matter to me because I knew it wasn't true. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, but like 10 year olds in grade four talking about this in the playground because the new kids were still pretty big and they're like, ooh, they have earrings. But which Mm -hmm. one is the gay ear and which one's the not gay ear? I grew up surrounded by musicians. So I like I heard it, but it didn't even register to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's no gay ear because I exist and my dad has an earring. So yeah. So, yeah, I found these and I will post at least one of the links. I found one that is just, oh, my God, this poor manly man, Frank James from 1991, writing from the Baltimore Evening Sun. I'm sorry you are so affected by men wearing earrings. It is truly wild. Uh. He he hates it. He hates everything about it. Here's a quote. Women are partly to blame for encouraging the sad situation. Many of them think it's, quote, cute to see a guy with an earring poodles and tutus are cute too but most of us wouldn't want to be one if that's what it took to get a woman's attention 
It's so silly. It's so silly. People suck, you guys. <laughs> this is why just like after like what three episodes of Buzz, this one was the one where I was just like, God, it was man. too much. It was yeah. finally too much. So, yeah, Buzz goes on this very predictable rant about how, oh, you won't let the kid get a tattoo, which is manly, but you'll let him get an earring, which means you're both gay. Yeah. And then you're going to talk about your feelings and, you know, sit down and have coffee. Yeah. God forbid. What's wrong with that? <laughs> You could do that without the earring. Men don't have feelings. Didn't you know? Uh, I got to rein that back in. Oh, my, yeah. I got so <laughs> this scene in particular made me so mad. I fuck buzz. Fuck buzz. Um, so, you know, mm. Nick sends Joey off to his room because he wants to talk to his grandfather. Nick says, like, you can't take my kids out and just let them get tattoos. He's a 16 year old. And also it's my freaking son. Like, you need to let me parent my children. Mm-hmm. Also, the two tattoos that they picked. Terrible. Both bad. Terrible. Yeah. But they're man tattoos. Nick says, look, you think I'm not doing good at parenting, but my kids are doing fine. You know, Tony's the best he's ever been. Joey's only real problem is that he listens to Buzz, which I was like, sweet Mm -hmm. burn. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Blossom is basically a saint. (laughs) So at this point, the scene immediately cuts to Blossom and Six with all of the alcohol set up on the table. All of them. This was a great editing cut. Like, I appreciated the cut between that line and this happening. So they're just sitting there staring at these little mini bottles from the bar, deciding what goes with what. (laughs) And obviously vodka and scotch go together. Obviously. (laughs) So they open it up. They pour out the bottles. Oh, they mix it up because they're classy and they know what they're doing. Obviously. Got to use your swizzle stick. Got to use a swizzle stick. (laughs) Just as as they're both about to drink, Blossom does stop herself. She starts thinking about Tony and what he went through. She's afraid it could happen to her, too, because, you know, genetics. It's the similar to last week. I was a little surprised after last week's episode that she was like, so gung-ho yeah i i don't know if they were trying to play it off like you know there is a certain adrenaline that comes from being mm-hmm. alone for the first time That's so I, true. I think they were trying to play it like she was just so high on the thought of mm-hmm. being alone in a hotel room but then she remembers you know right. yeah so she says yeah maybe genetics this could happen six jokes that she shares genes with joey as well but she doesn't think that cabernet is a movie starring liza minnelli <laughs> Good theater joke. Wonderful joke. (laughs) So Six decides she's still going to drink. Takes a huge swig, immediately spits it back out all over Blossom because vodka and scotch. I mean, I feel like any hard liquor the first time tasting it is like, get this out of my mouth. No, thank you. With no mix. Like, they just take it totally straight. Plus, they're mixing two alcohols that just shouldn't go together. Yeah. So they're like, okay, maybe not drinking. But they do realize they're out of onion rings and six orders more and they charge it to the room. We quickly realize they're just charging literally everything to the room. Yeah. The person on the other end seems to know who six is. Like she just says, hey, it's six again. (laughs) Yeah, right. I know. Contradicting my point about adrenaline on a school trip. I still think Blossom's a little too smart to be falling for this charge it to the room thing. But whatever, it's a plot point letting it go. So they start looking for stuff to watch on TV. All that's on is the Miss America pageant. <laughs> they have this funny line where they're, they're pretending to be at the pageant. Blossom goes, I'm going to save all of the world's oceans and rivers through modeling. <laughs> it was so spot on. She gets applause from the I audience <laughs> for this great <laughs> imitation. It's fantastic. So they decide at this point to walk around the hotel, try to find Will Smith. Now, okay. Mal, I know you said you haven't been on a ton of school trips. Eric, you've been on maybe a few more. I have. Barring one situation during the Europe trip I went on, never on any school trip were we allowed to have this much free time to ourselves. Oh, we, we, so I didn't do like a lot of overnight trips, but I do remember when we did the theater trips to Toronto, we would mm-hmm. be able to go do, do lunch on our own and meet back at the theater for the show. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Like we would have pockets, like we would have like two hours. The most I've ever gotten was six hours in Florence, which was just not a great idea. When I was 16, we went to New York city and we basically just had to be at certain places at certain times but other mm-hmm. than that we are free to go wherever okay because uh, yeah i remember getting hours here and there but i also remember being very very scheduled for the most part i do i am remembering the quebec trip in grade eight they put tape on our doors mm-hmm. our hotel room so they could tell if the door had been opened yeah we always got that too we never got that that's hilarious <laughs> yeah it was very smart 
I was supposed to be a chaperone at a school trip last year for like teenagers. My friend's a high school teacher. He's like, oh. you want to come with me to Montreal? And then, you know, this all happened. Yeah. Right. Next time I go, I'm going to do the tape trick. <laughs> Just to screw with the kids. Yeah, man. <laughs> So the girls leave their room because they don't have tape on their doors. No. And we see them by the elevators planning their strategy for trying to find the Fresh Prince. Blossom suggests that they have a better chance of finding him if they split up. But of course, that means that only one of them will get to meet him. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that's OK, because one girl could go get the other. Six quickly goes, that's a stupid idea and crazy <laughs> weird if you do run into him to be yeah. like, I'll be right back with my other friend. Like. That's super creepy. Yeah. So they decide to stick together. They shake hands on it. They get into the, they do their little like Fresh Prince hop step into the elevator. Very cute. The doors close. Will Smith instantly comes to the elevator and is waiting for it to come back up. We do a jump forward in time. We don't know how long it's been, but clearly they haven't found him. They're back in the room. Six is dropping water balloons from her window to the street below trying to hit the doorman. Apparently there was some sort of confrontation with him that we don't see where he calls. It's not clear whether it's just the girls or the whole band, the pinhead brigade, presumably the whole band. Maybe he called them that while they were looking for a fresh prince. Mm, Good point. Maybe. So they're looking through a magazine. Blossom asks if, Brigitte Nielsen's boobs are too big. Um, I did have to look her up as soon as I saw her. I was like, oh, she was the blonde chick in Rocky Four, mm-hmm. like the the promoter, I think. Yeah. Right. She was very, very famous in like the 80s, early 90s. She was married to Sylvester Stallone for a little while. She was gorgeous. Look at her back at that time. She was very, very beautiful. So Blossom is asking if her boobs are too big. And they start getting into this discussion we've seen before where they start talking about plastic surgery and fake boobs and how to tell if boobs are fake or not. (laughs) And six drops this comment that boob jobs are just how it is nowadays. If you're not born with them, you buy them, which I don't know. She says it very matter of factly. And I don't, eh. it was kind of sad. Yeah. (laughs) Now Blossom has this thing where she disagrees saying she's perfectly happy with every part of herself. Lol, not. (laughs) And they just kind of like laugh and brush it off. Yeah, and then move on to something else. And move on to something else. Because we've yeah. seen the discussion between them before Blossom mm-hmm. being self-conscious. Yeah. And so it was interesting to see them talking about it again, but they don't go very far into it. No. Because they move instantly to birth control. Because <laughs> that's what girls do. Blossom asks Six if she would ever think about taking the pill. Six makes this comment. I need you guys to help me interpret this. Mm -hmm. She says, probably not because it messes with your hormones, which if you've ever been on the pill, you know. It does. It does, but not enough. Like they they hype it up to the point, at least for me. Yeah. You had a different experience. Yes. So that's the thing is that it depends on the pill that you go on and a whole bunch of other factors for. So so for some people, it really does mess with like your your weight, your emotions, your a whole bunch of other stuff. And I think like even if you don't have those side effects, we do know that it works by giving you hormones and tricking your body into thinking that you're pregnant so that it doesn't Mm -hmm. release an egg. So it is, it is doing something to mess with your hormones. I don't really know what the long-term effects of that are because I haven't researched it. I don't, I don't know that there's anything really negative in Mm -hmm. that regard, but it is, it is artificially changing the hormones in your body, which I think is kind of what she was getting at. Okay. She also makes a comment about like getting AIDS, which I'm assuming is more related to the fact that if you're on the pill, you're not using a condom. Condom. I think that's what she went. That was my next point, which was why not both? Right. (laughs) You don't have to do just one. No. Yeah. So from here, I want to discuss this with you because I had like a preach girl moment. Mm -hmm. They start. (laughs) I I can see Mal like gearing up. This is so good. (laughs) So then they mention, have you seen this article? They're talking about coming up with a pill for men. First of all, I love that Blossom is delivering this just like sting of a line while she's jumping on the bed. And like she's delivering it like she's not even thinking about it. This is just a fact of life. She goes, no, that's pill for men is a terrible idea because men can't be clearly held responsible for themselves. They would lie, say they took the pill and were the ones that would have to deal with it. And I applauded alone in my living room. 
I 100% agree. And also, do you know why they never made a pill for men? I don't know the final reason. No. So in the drug trials, the men could not deal with the side effects of the pill. Oh, baby. You know what those were? The same side effects that women deal with when they're mm-hmm. on the pill. Mm, oh, muffin. I would prefer having a pill for myself, to be honest. I think it would be easier. You think it would be easier? For me. I meant use everything. I think. I think a combo, like you were saying. Yeah, you yeah. Like both of you be on yeah. the pill? Okay. Yeah. So I didn't mean just that. <laughs> so so what I will say about the pill is that it it is it is quite annoying. You have to take it at the exact same time every day. If you miss it, then like things could get real bad. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not as carefree mm-hmm. as it sounds because you have to be very, very strict about making sure that you take it at the exact same time every day. Like mm-hmm. how fast do like the hormones Do you start feeling the effects of it? So when you first go on the pill, they tell you like it'll take about a month. Like you should do one full cycle um, before having unprotected sex because Mm -hmm. um, you need that time. And then when you go off the pill, they say that it could take about a month to like get back to what you were before. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it does. It's it's strange because, yeah, they say that it takes a month for it to kick in. But then if you miss two days, then like you could be like really fucked. Yeah, like you can miss two days and like there is a method of okay well you take two this day and you take two the next day and they say still take your take all your pills in a certain method but maybe like don't have unprotected sex for yeah. like that four days or whatever <laughs> eric looks maybe no, no. I, no 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 not at all i i hear way more stories that would make you guys way more uncomfortable than that. <laughs> no no I, I i just like we don't learn any of these things in health yeah. class right so hearing it from your perspective is actually really mm-hmm. interesting. I find yeah. it interesting. I don't find it weird yeah. or gross or anything. And for me, it's like when the, when the pill started coming out in the sixties or whatever, the whole point behind it was that hashtag not all men or whatever. Don't at me. But you know, there was an unpredictability mm-hmm. around men using condoms properly or what have you. So mm-hmm. it, the whole concept behind it was women basically taking control of their own sexual freedoms. And that was the whole point behind the pill. So giving that power back to men who history has shown have not been super awesome. No, Mm -hmm. it's true. I agree. (laughs) Contraceptives Mm -hmm. is an awful idea. Well, yeah. And I mean, like, especially when you think about like teenage boys and stuff, Mm -hmm. like, they think right it's not their problem once they've like ha- like left the person right so if they get a girl pregnant well not my problem anymore you're the one who has to deal with it and then there are boys who like keep condoms in their in their wallets or in their pockets yeah. you know like that's not good for those like they no. don't know like we thinking back to my health health lesson days in high school i don't think we ever talked about condoms to be honest i can't what? remember really? well i was in a catholic school man <laughs> uh, we didn't learn. I don't recall learning any uh-huh. of this. No, you wouldn't have. I don't even know where I ended up learning about all this stuff because you had to, like, on yeah. your own, I guess. That's scary. Yeah. It is. And now you have three children. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't learn much, apparently. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're very responsible and I love you. I <laughs> So, yeah. Woo. Blossom saying it's so blasé, like clearly this was just to me such like a yes feminism moment. Yep. So they have this conversation just like the the last one. They cut it off immediately. They jump from combos like nothing. Right. Yeah. They're teenage girls. Yeah. Right. So six suggests they take a jacuzzi because apparently they have a freaking jacuzzi tub in their hotel room and make it a bubble bath. (laughs) Terrible idea. They decide to throw on a movie while the tub is filling up. Six says, well, the only thing we can charge to the room is from the adults only section. This is another where I'm like, they they, they, sh- know. they should know. Especially if your brother is Joey. Right? So Blossom is like, well, we're adults, so it should be fine. Order it to the room. It's called like cheerleader tryouts. Of course, it's <laughs> porn. So now they have ordered porn to their room as well as everything else. Yeah. So after that scene with a lot of stuff in it. <laughs> Um, we jump back to the house. We see Anthony out on the porch. He's dropping an indeterminate smoke cigarette of something onto the ground. He covers it over in the garden. He sprays his mouth again. He enters the house. He's kind of walking really fast past Nick, who's at the piano. Nick stops him to talk. Tony does this stupid thing where he's like, yeah, sure, dad. Turns around, immediately sprays his mouth again, like right in front of his dad. Yep. And then sits down. 
So I actually liked this conversation. Nick gets right into it saying, I know it's really none of my business. I don't even like asking you this. And I think I know what the answer is going to be. But some of these events and things you're doing are starting to feel a little familiar. Are you using again? And I really like the way he approached that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's saying like, I'm not accusing you. I just. There are signs. Yeah. There are signs. Yeah, exactly. Tony goes, no, no, I'm not using like weed or anything. I'm smoking cigarettes. Dun, dun, dun. Nick is thrilled. Yes. <laughs> He's like, oh, just just tobacco cigarettes. That's brilliant. That's great. I mean, don't smoke anymore, but that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> so Tony is saying like, yeah. And this is a thing I've heard before is, you know, everyone at AA smokes because at least it's not a drug. Well, this is kind of what we were talking about last week, Jen, with addictive Mm. personality and then like the drugs or the alcohol being the outlet for that Mm -hmm. addictive personality. And that's that's exactly what Tony says here. Right. Is that like he doesn't have drugs and alcohol anymore. So now he's moved on to this. And then he even talks about other people getting hooked on things like jogging or Jesus, right? Like yeah. it's just something else to be obsessive about. Yeah. Cause Nick kind of suggests like, fine, if you have an addictive personality, don't smoke anymore, find something productive or healthy to be addicted to. Yeah. Basically which is like, is not necessarily healthy, but it's not like ruining your body. You know what right. I mean? So it's a nice little scene. Nick is being as respectful to Tony as he can, given the situation. He goes, fine, you want to you want to actually quit smoking? I'll make it easy for you. Smoke another cigarette. I'll tear your head off. (laughs) Tony goes, thank you for caring. (laughs) (laughs) So we jump back to the girls who are in the jacuzzi. (laughs) They're just about to hit the jets. They say they've put four bottles of bubble bath in. I'm assuming they're the mini bottles with the hotel. But that's still a lot. They're like, I hope it's enough. So they turn on the jets and then they start having this quick conversation about, okay, describe your perfect guy. I took down their perfect guy. Okay. Mel Gibson's butt. No. <laughs> I mean, back before he was racist, I I check mark that. Or at least openly racist. <laughs> now it's a racist butt. Tom Cruise's smile. Eh. Mm. Jason Priestley's eyes. I will give them that. I like his eyes. Yeah. Nelson Twin. Is that a thing? I don't know. Somebody's hair. I didn't know the name, so I couldn't look it up. And Barishnikov's legs. Yeah, I'll I'll give them that one. Yeah. 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 But like, it doesn't matter whose brains, because when he looks like that, who needs a brain? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just sent you to a picture of the Nelson twins from 1990. Okay. Oh, is this who they're referring to? Yep. The Nelson twins. Oh, no. <laughs> ah! No. <laughs> Oh, no, that is a a hard X, my girls. No, thank you. Not into it. No, (laughs) Jesus. So as they're having this conversation, they're hanging over the side of the tub and we can see this mountain of bubbles (laughs) rising behind them. They aren't noticing it. Suddenly they turn around. They just get smacked in the face with bubbles. It's towering over their heads. One of my notes was, LOL, these girls are a fucking mess. <laughs> well, but Maya Bialik is just full on laughing through this scene. Oh, I know. Like, she can't get through it. And they only get one take, right? Because then yeah. you have to, like, dry off. And I, I don't know if you noticed, but at some point, at some point, voiceover takes over. Like, it's clear that they went in and post and re-recorded <laughs> because they're just laughing. They're just laughing. <laughs> well, also, they have, like, mouths full of bubbles. So. Yeah. They're trying to find the switch, which is on the other side of the tub. So it's them like swimming through bubbles and like drowning in the (laughs) bubbles and trying to find each other. It's it's funny. It's a hilarious little scene. It's very it's very Lucy and Ethel. Yes. Oh, my God. It absolutely is. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So we have this. We get we have this scene with the jacuzzi and then we do a jump cut to the next day. Blossom and Six are entering their hotel room. They have their full marching band regalia on. They're looking disappointed. There's another band girl out in the hallway. They give them they give her like a sad wave and she walks <laughs> away. So we find out the competition was a total disaster. Blossom is totally ashamed of how everybody acted. The entire band went nuts. Like the day before, people were just getting drunk and going crazy. So they weren't prepared for the actual competition. Mm -hmm. I do have a trip story Mm. like this. This is not actually a, a school trip story, but I think I mentioned before that when I was in my teens, I played intramural hockey in a girls league. So we would sometimes have away trips. We would like grab a hotel. We were in like Woodstock or something like that. And we would just play the tournament. So 
I was with a really, really good team and we all got along and everything. But for some reason in this tournament, we just like we were eating it like we just could not win a game. But we were required to play a certain amount. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them was on a Sunday. And by Saturday night, we're like, well, we're not even going to play. But we have to play this stupid game. None of us care. So we're definitely going to get smashed the night before and uh, drink in this hotel room. So my dad was actually coaching the team at the time. (gasps) So we have two different (laughs) perspectives of this story. I mean, he knew we were probably going to be drinking, but we like were up till four in the morning. Like, oh, my God, 20 girls smashed into one hotel room, just getting absolutely blitzed. So the next morning, our game was at something stupid, like 10 o'clock in the morning or something. So we were all just like zombies sitting on the bench. I don't even remember actually playing the game. I just know that we lost hard. <laughs> like like how hard? I don't know. It was a lot of points. Like, And I, pl- I was so grateful because I played defense. And if you're D, to a certain extent, you don't need to skate that much. So I just kind of like hung out around the blue line the entire game. Sometimes I'd like put my stick out and try to grab the puck and like knock it back. Like it was just, it was beyond awful. That's wonderful. So that I actually fully identified with this scene. So like Boston is even saying the band went nuts. She hasn't even seen Melissa since the day before. And then six, she saw her. She came in around three in the morning with the bellboy, took the mattress off the cot and just left. Is it the same bellboy as earlier? I think so. I'm assuming so. Yeah. She also says that apparently six plays the glockenspiel. Yep. (laughs) That's amazing. Something. Definitely not baton twirling. (laughs) No, it should have been. She should have been. Majorette. That's what it is. Oh, okay. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, like six says, saw Melissa take the mattress and run away. She goes, you know what? We're just about to leave. I'm going to take one last shot at the bellboy. So she walks over with a water balloon, looks out the window and goes, huh, I never noticed that that fountain had a naked statue in it before. Lol. Oops. It's Melissa naked in the fountain. And that's the end of that scene. Poor girl, though. Uh, who, Melissa? Yeah, I think <sighs> she's a bad girl. She may, she obviously doesn't make good choices, but she still doesn't deserve to be naked in a fountain. No, she has some problems to work through for sure. Like whoever she was with could have done something about that. You know what I mean? Like, I, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I know. I, I know what you're like saying. The teachers? No, like the bellhop. Oh, yeah, that's true. Who clearly left her naked in the fountain. Yeah. 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 No, I know. But it's played for the joke. Yeah. We jump back to the house. Tony enters as Nick is playing the piano. He announces he hasn't had a cigarette in 14 hours, but he has run 112 miles and put on 37 pounds. Praise the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) His little Twinkie in his hand and like raises it up to the sky. I love Tony this episode. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Um. And then Buzz and Joey enter smiling. (laughs) Nick is, of course, instantly worried that Joey got that tattoo. Joey says, nope, not for now. He's going to wait till he's 18. But when it happens, Eric, I need your input on this. (laughs) He's going to get the Starship Enterprise on one butt cheek. In a Klingon vessel on the other. And we don't hear the end of the thought, but the beginning of the thought is, so when he pushes the cheeks together. They can fire on each other. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Which for somebody that was just making fun of a bunch of band geeks, that's a pretty geeky tattoo. To be fair, Star Trek The Next, Gener- Next Generation was probably very much in the zeitgeist of popular culture at that moment. But like popular with everyone? Um, I think that was also the year that Star Trek Generations came out. So, yeah, but would they have been popular with the jocks? Yeah, I don't know. It's not like a Marvel movie coming out now, right? Where everyone watches it. But it was everywhere. Okay, so he didn't get a tattoo, but he did get his ear pierced, which Buzz says is a chip off the old powder puff. (sighs) Moving on. So obviously Nick has a moment where he's like, so he isn't mad that he got the earring, but he's upset that Joey felt like he had to sneak around to get it. Yeah. And that's something he should be able to do with his dad because his dad also has an earring. Yeah. Buzz just exit the house riding on a train of gay jokes. Not wor- And again, I literally in my notes said I'm not even going to say the gay jokes because no. fuck it all like fuck yeah. toxic toxic masculinity it's so uncomfortable just watching that scene i just i didn't it's 
I think a lot of things about Blossom aged very well. This character clearly did not. And what I'm curious about, again, because I'm seeing it from my eyes, I didn't, I don't have the nostalgia factor that maybe you guys do. Obviously, we're not supposed to think Buzz is right. We're supposed to think he's sort of a crotchety old man. Mm -hmm. This family is modern otherwise, blah, blah, blah. But like, how much are these jokes written as jokes versus something to make us not like Buzz? I think it's supposed to be like, oh, grandpa. Like, I don't, you know, it's I don't remember disliking Buzz this much. I remember, um, especially when I rewatched it in university, which to be fair, when I was doing that, I wasn't like sitting down and analyzing it like we are now. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like background noise type thing. I remember just kind of being like, eh, like, it doesn't really matter if Buzz is there or not. Like he doesn't add anything. But watching it now and like picking apart the episodes and stuff, I'm pretty annoyed and upset by buzz <laughs> yeah because whether or not it's supposed to be an oh grandpa like he's still saying some pretty awful damaging yeah things and it is kind of i like nick's character um in relation to buzz because nick is trying to like shut down the commentary which i really appreciate within the script yeah but i think just recently has it come about being like it's not enough to just say oh grandpa anymore mm-hmm. like no I think the real challenge for this show is whether we see Buzz grow from this point, mm-hmm. like the influence of the family on him yeah. from this point moving forward. I don't remember the show enough to know if he does change, but mm-hmm. hopefully he doesn't just stay this problematic character. Yeah, I'm really hoping that there is an arc if he's around as long as you say he's going to be. Yeah, so that scene is aggravating. Let's move on. Blossom and Six are at the elevators. They're preparing to leave and they're seeing their room bill for the first time. And you can actually see the light through the prop paper (laughs) and the list is top to bottom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it is fully filled with items. So they're trying to figure out how they're going to tell their parents about this, because clearly the school is going to turn around and charge the parents and they're going to see things like porn. Of course. On the list. Yeah. And then we find out Six says that her parents don't even know she's there. She forged her permission slip to be there. Her parents think she's at Blossom's. Then Six says something about how she stole her robe. Blossom says, you can't keep it. They're $100. So Six runs back to the room to return it as the elevator opens up for Blossom to go down to the lobby. She just leaves their luggage there. And she just leaves their luggage there. <laughs> Blossom's like, I'll meet you down in the lobby. It's for the bellboy. For the bellboy. Yeah, I guess. So the elevator door is open. We see Will Smith again. He's just chilling on the elevator. Blossom walks on. She's all perturbed. She's not paying attention. And then she goes, hey, can you hit the lobby button? Will Smith is just like a cool mofo. He's like, yeah, no problem, babe. (laughs) Hits the button. Blossom realizes who it is. Just screams in his face. (laughs) Like she proceeds to tell him we were looking for you. All night. We tried to call your room, but we couldn't figure out where you were. (laughs) Will's delivery of this is so good. He's like, yeah, you know, I use an alias to check into places like this because people might scream and call my room. (laughs) (laughs) And then he reveals that the alias he always uses is the name Joe Piscopo, who was a comedian who I think was Eric helped me with this, but I think he was most known for being on Saturday Night Live. He did some other stuff, but yeah, I'm sure that's how I know him. So I don't know if the joke was because from what I saw, he wasn't he was more popular in the 80s. I don't know if the joke is that like clearly Will Smith isn't a white guy or nobody cares about Joe Piscopo anymore. So nobody will bother him. Like, I'm not sure. Like, that's a real cultural context joke that I think I missed. Mm -hmm. So Blossom asks him, you know, can I have an autograph? She realizes she doesn't have a pen and paper. So Will gives her his hat, which just happens to be like the perfect Blossom hat at the time that he's wearing. Right. (laughs) Floppy black velvet hat. So he gives her his hat instead. And he walks out when he reaches his floor. So we cut to six waiting back on their floor for the elevator. We hear Blossom's scream before the elevator doors open. Six starts screaming, not knowing what's going on. And then Blossom goes, I met him. I met the Fresh Prince. And they're having this conversation as they're on the elevator, I believe. Again, leaving their luggage. Yeah, I did also want to say, so they're like screaming and jumping up and down. Mm -hmm. Do not jump in an elevator. Don't don't do it unless you can do that timed jump like you do on a trampoline. Don't no jump. Really make it a big end. Don't no, no. <laughs> no. So 
um, if you jump in elevators, a lot of elevators have fail safes now where if they feel it like bouncing, the elevator will just stop and you'll get stuck and the fire department will have to come get you out. So yeah. don't jump in an elevator. <laughs> Good to know. Luckily, it's a set piece. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Blossom's trying to tell Six that she met him. Six is pissed saying, don't joke to me about this. I'm not in the mood. We've had a horrible day. I just, I can't do this joke right now. Just as she finishes saying that the elevator door opens up, they walk into the lobby. Will walks by and is like, Hey, be cool. Blossom. (laughs) And like walks away. And the girls just start screaming again. And that is how the episode ends. So let's do outfit of the week. And let's start with Mallory. I chose a little bit of an offbeat one. So I chose the band uniforms. Ooh. <laughs> so they have like mustard yellow high-waisted pants with a blue mm-hmm. stripe down the side. And then they have like a blue and white jacket thing. It has like blue sleeves and then this like white centerpiece on it with the high school letter T right on the front in blue with the mustard yellow around it. But mostly it's Blossom's hair. So she has a French braid, but instead of it starting at like the top of her head and going down to the nape of her neck, it starts at the nape of her neck and goes up towards her forehead. And then the tail has just been like tucked under itself. Oh, I didn't notice that. I thought Blossom's hair was really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Eric. I'm going to go with Joey's outfit at the beginning of the episode because (laughs) he has a... I want to say floral print, long sleeve shirt Mm -hmm. and a white T-shirt underneath a necklace with a little gold medallion. And then he has beige overalls that end at his knees. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Someone call those overall shorts. Shorter. Yeah. And then he has like docs, which is just a very him. Mm-hmm. Very super him. Joey, but I like I like Will Smith's outfit just because it looks very Will Smithy. Which one? The the one at the end, the the one with the green and orange sleeves mm. and the black, and then the hat. Oh, it's great! Peak Will Smith. See, I picked his first outfit, the one we only see him in for like five seconds, because that to me was also a very very Will Smith outfit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's basically all orange. He has a a bright orange long sleeve tee. He's wearing like a dark orange short, and it looks like a faded. Forgive me if this is wrong. I tried to do the research like a Kente style, African Kente style pattern, but it's like faded out orange socks with black army boots and like a black leather flat cap. But the cap has been lifted from the brim like he used to do this all the time. Like the hats just sat on his head. They weren't like on his head. They were just like perched. Yeah. (laughs) So it's perched on his head and it was just the most Will Smith ever <laughs> i love the orange socks they're just yeah so good. so good right was he wearing like some sort of uh dog tag i couldn't tell what his necklace uh, uh, was. yeah he had he had some sort of a medallion i couldn't tell what it was though let's go lesson of the week eric don't listen to your racist old grandpa <laughs> <laughs> yes love it <sighs> just that's it that's the, buzz is the fucking worst yeah <laughs> the worst. buzz is the worst <laughs> Oh, you're catching up to the buzz hate and I love it. Mm -hmm. I just just don't like it. Mel? Uh, So I had ask questions. So Nick needed to ask Tony questions about what was going on with him. And Blossom and Six needed to ask more questions about charging things to the room. (laughs) Like it just seemed like a lot of people were avoiding asking questions because they weren't going to like the answers. Like I think Blossom and Six didn't want to find out about charging the room. They just wanted to believe that it was like the school was going to pay for it. And like, okay. Mine was never charge anything to the room. (laughs) I don't have a serious lesson this week. There wasn't really one this week. No, it was just shenanigans. Yeah. All right. And last thing we need to do is we need to score this puppy. Mm -hmm. So Mal, out of five beluga dishes, what is your score? (laughs) So I, I feel like going forward, I kind of have to eliminate buzz from my scores because otherwise they're like the the episodes are all going to be awful right because like we kind of we know that this is a thing and i i don't want to keep giving good episodes low scores because of that so i i gave it between a four and a 4.5 i really enjoyed this episode i thought it was fun Mm -hmm. um six and blossom on their adventure in san francisco like the episode in season one where blossom's trying to call the boy for a date i really like the episodes where it's just them talking and being best friends Mm -hmm. because i think it's entertaining and also realistic like that's a very you know realistic thing yeah i took off a point for for 
but or half a point depending on what we go with um for buzz's unnecessary toxic masculinity mm-hmm. but i yeah i 4.5 yeah eric i'm gonna do 4.5 belugas in a bubble bath because <laughs> obviously buzz is terrible and he's the reason why i cut that off but i love the way that nick uh, went about parenting mm-hmm. like, you know, with everyone and um again the band trip was phenomenal i love yeah. i love blossom and six in this episode yeah. i loved how much it felt real like it felt like going on those school trips back in high school yeah other than you know i knew about room service and the mini bar and not to touch those and not to order <laughs> porn yeah <laughs> um so i did a 3.5 which was almost entirely for my own nostalgia mm-hmm. for going on band trips and hockey trips and maybe not getting up to this many shenanigans but like the feeling like capturing the feeling of being on those trips really really well Mm -hmm. yeah now as much as i was okay with the tony b story we've been here before like i just felt like both the b and the c stories just didn't need to be there and they were there because of cast contracts like i could have watched a whole episode of just the girls yeah Mm -hmm. so i it's more i took points away for the stories that were just there for no reason fair yeah well that is it for this week you guys thank you for joining me everybody out there thank you for listening next week guess what i didn't do next week (laughs) (laughs) so next week we're looking at season two episode five honor with a question mark there is a question mark mallory i appreciate you remembering all the things (laughs) that i don't (laughs) guys we love you out there thank you for tuning in for another week mallory and eric i love you guys too and i will talk to you next time bye bye honor why am i waving thanks for listening to in my opinionation don't forget to rate and subscribe on apple podcast stitcher or wherever else you get your podcasts you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IamOpinionation, our website at IamOpinionation.com, or email us at OpinionationPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your opinionation about this or any future episodes. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, the sun is going to surely shine. 